0: Over the past week or so of practice, uh, what have you kind of learned about this team so far? Um, They're competing really hard right now. So we challenged them about – we challenged them maybe 10 days ago in just our normal workouts. We felt like um, guys were working hard, uh, but they weren't weren't competing at the highest level, um, competing to win every drill and everything we did. And so uh, it was actually – guys, help me here. I'm so embarrassed I don't remember this. Who's the coach from – the women's coach from Duke? Kara Lawson. Kara Lawson. So you guys might have seen uh, Coach Lawson's comments um, about the difference between hard work and competing. And and, uh, I thought it was genius. I thought it was a really, really profound way to look at the game and how we practice and so we talked to our team about it. We actually quoted her. Um, and, and so over the last 10 days, uh, these guys have got so hyper-competitive. In fact, Monday after our second practice, Monday evening, we met as a staff, and I was like, guys, we might need to pull it back. These guys are going to kill each other. And um, – They've been really salty in practice and, and really, really competitive and kind of fighting for every advantage. And so I've been really, really impressed with that. Um, hopefully that'll be a hallmark of this team is a team that really, really competes. And if we can do that and, and compete is a it's a word with a lot of depth, right? It means a lot of things, but if we can do that, we're going we're gonna to be a, a good team this year. Coach, we, we saw at Marquette that they're postponing basketball activities for two weeks due to one positive test. Is that the the protocol in college basketball that if you get one test, you have to shut it down for X amount of time? Like what, how are you guys navigating this? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's a, a universally codified protocol. Um, I think everyone's kind of managing it based on their own circumstances and situations. Right. So, um, you know, you've kind of seen people go all, all different directions. Um, we're, we're uh, meeting uh, literally on a daily basis to have COVID conversations with, um, you know, certainly with my trainer and he's on, I think, tri-weekly uh, meetings with the entire uh, health staff here at BYU. And so, um, you know, we're taking a, a ton of precautions, but I think everybody right now is working on a little bit um, different kind of uh, what fits best for their program protocol. And I'm curious too, with the schedule, I mean, how many power six teams do you uh, expect to see on the non-conference slate outside of the MTE event? Yeah, so we're hoping for several, um, but it's, it's, everything is moving so fast and it's been really complicated. Even, um, you know, even uh, we're still waiting to see what conference schedules turn out to be like, right? That's going to dictate a lot. We had a handful uh, before kind of COVID. We've been working hard to do everything we can to replace them, Uh, and it's actually not. It's actually not. um, It's we're not actually chasing, you know. For example, we're not chasing Pac-12 or Big 12 or Big Ten schools as much as we're chasing top 20 and top 30 and top 40 schools. You know what moves the needle for us is when we play top ranked teams, and so wherever they come from. Um, that's who we're trying to trying to chase we're trying to get as many games as we possibly can uh, among prognosticated top 50 teams it's not easy there's nothing guaranteed but that's what we're working for hey coach so how do you feel or i guess what are just your thoughts on the pandemic and do you feel that you will be able to play a full season yeah we're really really hopeful um you know, just based on the history of the last four or five months in every sport, minus the NBA, uh, we have every expectation that there's going to be hiccups and, and sideways things along the way. I mean, that's just the expectation based on the history of the last four or five months, right? Um, but it does seem like everybody is really, really committed to, to push forward with, with whatever we can make of this season. Um, and I think that's a really positive thing. Uh, we're trying to do it uh, as safely as we possibly can. Uh, I think it's it's it's. I think it's healthy for our guys, um, and and so, you know, I, ex- Norma, I expect we're gonna have we're gonna have, you know, some significant season. But I also would be surprised if we get through the season without some hiccups here and there. And can you kind of shed some light on some of the protocols you guys have? How many times you get tested a week, and what yeah. will change during the season? I'm not sure I'm allowed to do exact specifics. We're getting tested multiple times per week um, and uh, we we started out early on with randomized testing. Uh, now the whole crew's getting tested um, and and uh, I think that just continues to increase as we move forward and um, and just kind of, so in, along with testing is, you know, we're still wearing masks in the office. You know, we're trying to do our staff meetings outside on the on the Santiago Plaza deck outside of the coach's suite uh, when we meet together staff and we're still doing Zoom meetings as a staff. Um, you know, our guys are, are are wearing masks. They're not wearing them during practice, but they're wearing them kind of through warm ups. And, um, you know, we're, we're washing hands uh, multiple times during practice and, and trying to take every precaution that we possibly can. Yeah, Coach, uh, I wanted to ask you off of Mitch's question. We've seen football have to adjust their schedule on the fly, seemingly, and it's almost a week-by-week week process in certain circumstances. Will you expect to announce the whole schedule all at once, or could there be games that come in later on? Well, we're hoping I, – I mean, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks, but it seems like we're just one domino away from having a complete schedule. It just is like that domino keeps, you know, keeps changing on us. Um, and so I, I expect that hopefully – you know, hopefully in the next week or two, we'll announce a full schedule. But we're also in talks with several teams about contingencies, even during league play, if things go wrong, talking about their bye weeks and our bye weeks and, and um, ways where we might be able to make up a a game later in the year, you know, just squeeze them in. So, you know, I think right now the way we see this is that kind of whoever has taken the time to prepare the, the, the most – the highest amount of contingencies is probably going to come out successful, right? Because it just is – we're just trying to be ready to move on to the next thing as soon as – you know, as soon as something goes sideways, we can try and uh, try and get to the next thing. So, you know, we're, we're scheduling. Hopefully we come out with a full schedule, and then I expect throughout the course of the season it's going to be a dynamic schedule, as complicated as that sounds. Coach, you're into your second week uh, of the grind of real practice. How would you say the guys have handled it through a week, including some of the guys who are trying to work their way back from different physical things? Well, t- uh, this morning was, was oh, you know, we had completed a week as of Wednesday. And this morning, our early morning practice was the first one where, um, you know, I'm in my office and, and we're, we're, you know, so I, I can hear the balls bouncing in the gym. And for the first week, I kind of heard, you know, um, balls bouncing 20, 30 minutes before practice. There was a lot of juice in the gym. And then this morning was the first morning where I was like, man, I only hear one or two balls bouncing. It wasn't because guys weren't there. It was because guys were there kind of like trying to take a nap right before practice and and, uh, trying to wake up. So it's a good thing. You know, that's why we do these two a days is because it really stretches our guys and you kind of get into week two and you start to think, think this is, this is awful. And then, you get into week three and you're like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can make it another day. And and that's where we want to get as a team, right. Where we, where we've really pushed ourselves and exposed ourselves and, and our guys have, have kind of had to teach each other who they are when things get really hard. And so that's kind of the the stages of the grind that we usually expect. And we're, we're exactly on schedule right now. We had a, the guys had a great practice this afternoon had a ton of juice and a ton of competitiveness. So they're still bringing it once the whistle blows. Um, but all the pre-practice festivities are getting dumbed down a little bit right now. Quick follow-up about uh, a guy who was kind of out of sight, out of mind for a bit, and that was Jesse Wade. People remember how good he was when he was, you know, himself, and he hasn't been himself for a while. How close is he to the guy that, uh, you know, those who've watched him for a long time remember him as? Well, I don't think he's missed a shot in a few days, and he's making ridiculously hard shots right now. It's incredibly frustrating for everybody else on the team who's trying to guard him. Um, he's also been really good off the bounce. He's keeping, you know, he's, he's, he's physical enough off the bounce where he can kind of keep his driving line and, and have some impact that way. He's making really good decisions late off the bounce. He's playing really, really well. Um, you know, his, his health is obviously a concern, but I'm, I'm so proud of him. And happy for him that he's even got this far. This is this is the best showing he's had, in, you know, certainly in in the last you know year and year and a half or so. And um, so I'm cheering for him. He sure he's sure putting in a great effort right now. Thanks, coach. Even just personnel-wise, there's so many differences from last year to this year. What do you want the identity of this team to be? Yeah. Well, in terms of like, in terms of the identity, um, like the core of who we are, I hope that never changes just in terms of like, you know, things we talk about is being relentless and everything that means to us, this, this, this tenacious effort to get better every single day is like a DNA of us and, and working every day towards the best locker room in America. That's our DNA. That's who we are. And I hope that this team can even be better at those three things than last year's team was. And I hope that every team that puts on a BYU jersey can be that, that that can be the core of who we are. Um, when you start to talk about like schematics and game plans and rotations and even pace of play and, um, you know, those things with this roster are going to be incredibly different than last year, just because we have such a different roster. And so uh, we're learning that all together right now, um, and we're trying some new things that we've actually never tried before, that we're, we're actually trying to create, uh, you know, a hand, hand specially made for this roster, and so we, we don't know how that's going to turn out, which is pretty exciting, right? We'll get to see and kind of, kind of figure it out together. How is this team in terms of handling all of those new things? Are they able to pick things up pretty quickly? Vets pick it up incredibly quickly, quickly, and the rookies have no idea what's going on. Like, you, you come to practice, you watch our rookies, man. It looks like their head's are spinning about to pop off. They're like, ah. <laughs> it's so delightful. But I told the guys today, you know, this, this Kobe Lee, for example, I, I, I jumped him every single day last year. Every single day he was in the wrong position, making the wrong decision, making the wrong read, late on a rotation. Like, I, I, I just crushed him every day last year. And a year later, and these guys see it. He makes every right play, like every single one. He's always in the right spot. He makes every shot. He makes every right read. His feet have gotten way better, right? And, and, and that's what happens. I mean, that's why, you, that's why you do this. That's why you play a freshman year and a sophomore year and a junior because you get so much better, right? And um, so, so in terms of picking up, that's how it is. The vets are picking it up like lightning quick. It feels like last year, you know, last year we'd go on a shoot around. We would literally go on a shoot around. Have, I'd have six tweaks on plays that I'd never shown the guys. And we'd walk through them one time and then we'd run them in the game. And the guys were like, they'd done it a thousand times. And with our rookies, like we'll, we'll work on a play and practice that we've done five on zero like 50 times legitimate over the last two weeks. And like two passes in, they have no idea where they're going or what they're doing or what they're supposed to be looking at or seeing, right? So it just depends. It really does break down the kind of experience. Thanks, Mark. Hey, hey, hey we're going to have Hunter Miller go. But before Hunter goes, that'll be the last question. I'm going I'm to ask Darnell's question. He's at the state cross-country meet where it's really loud. So I'm going to ask it for him. He, he wants to know, he says, with so much depth, how does that affect your rotation plan? Do you plan on playing 8, 9, 10 players or more, especially early in the season? Well, I, I, if, if, if I was a great coach, I'd play 17. Um, we have 17 guys that could probably play. Uh, but I would like to keep this rotation as big as we possibly can. And, and what I'd like to do is stress our guys enough on the court that 20 or 22 or 24 minutes is as much as they can handle. That would be the ideal situation. That's what a great coach would do. I'm, I'm more in like the average to below average coaches. So we might be stuck with an eight or nine player rotation, but we're shooting for a bigger rotation. I'd like to get there. There's a lot of advantages about being able to go deep into your bench and um, hopefully we'll be good enough as players and, and a locker room and, and, and a staff that we can get that done. Well, coach, before Darnell left the zoom meeting, he kind of stole my question there a little bit, but Uh, My question in regards to the depth, uh, but also the versatility of this team, you have a lot of guys that can play a lot of different positions length at all all positions here. My question to you was, in terms of your coaching record and and your history as a coach, how does this team stack up to other teams that you've been a coach, uh, coach for in terms of depth and in terms of versatility? Well, coach, yeah, I've never, had this, I've never had a bench this deep and, and probably this diversified uh, uh, roster this deep and diversified, right? So, um, you know, I've, I've been really blessed to coach great teams, last year being one of them. Um, you know, I think in the last three years, we've averaged 24, 25 wins a game, right? So, so we've been blessed with really good teams. This is just this team brings some different possibilities to the table, right? I've never had a team this long. I've never had a front line this deep. Uh, I've never had, I've had probably a junior and senior class um, this heavy, uh, including last year we had a really heavy senior class. But um, So, you know, we're excited. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. And, and there's a lot of things we have to figure out.